0: Welcome to Inside the Chamber. I'm Nikki Anderson, the President and CEO of the Naperville Area Chamber of Commerce. Today, our show focuses on women in technology and the impact they're making on what's commonly viewed as a male-dominated industry. We look forward to learning about the journeys into the world of technology and what the future of technology looks like.
1: Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank & Trust.
0: Thank you all so much for being here with me today. Um, Our office was really excited because I think it was last week or two weeks ago we received our cranes and it was just covered with women in technology. Mm -hmm. And I thought how poignant that we're having a discussion about women in technology. So the first question I have for you is, tell me a little bit about your career path. So Stacy, we'll start with you.
2: Sure. Um, My career path, um, so my background is actually in accounting, that's what I studied in college, and then that's what I did for the first five years after college, um, was tax consulting and accounting, Um, and after doing that I realized it just wasn't what I was passionate about, it wasn't what was kind of making me excited to go to work every day. Um, and so I went um, to Dev Bootcamp to learn coding, and ever since then
0: I've been working um, as a software engineer. So tell me a little bit about Dev Bootcamp because you know that, but I don't know that. Maybe the viewers don't know <laughs> that. Um,
2: so Dev Bootcamp is an 18-week-long immersive um, code school. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it was basically from about 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. We would go in, learn to code. Um, work on group projects, um, building apps and learning about you know how the internet works basically yeah. and um, and then at the end of that um, I was on the job hunt for Wonderful. job. Wonderful, did you love it like as
0: soon as you started it did you love it and knew that this was it?
2: Yeah I did I just I think I had had some exposure to um, coding in college mm-hmm. and I suspected that I would still like <laughs> it and when I got back into it it just I love it so much um, okay. and I love being able to create something tangible that you know there's a problem that exists but there's not a solution and then I have the tools to build something that will fix it. I think that's the coolest thing ever and um, yeah, it just makes me
0: love happy. Love mm-hmm. that. Kavita.
3: So mine is a little bit different. I used to be a teacher in India. I taught there for almost two years. and. You know, used to love it. So when I moved to Canada, um, Montreal area, I wanted to be a teacher, just continue with my career, right? And so I worked really hard for a year, got my teaching license there, and just happened that the day I got the license, my husband got a job offer in Florida. And so off we, we go. And, um, you know, next week after settling down, I was in Florida State Office to, you know, find out if I can get a teaching license to teach there. And to my surprise, they told me that, no, you can. You're gonna to have to start over to teach in the U.S. At that time, I'm like, I'm gonna work on something that no matter where I go in the world, I can find a job. <laughs> so I ended up going to school. I wish I knew about the boot camp, but <laughs> I, I ended up taking a longer route. I went back to school, two years, did my master's from University of Chicago. So literally, learn math, learn to code. Mm. I'm just like you, and um, right from the college, I got hired by J.P. Morgan Chase as a software engineer.
0: That's wonderful. That's great, Grace. <laughs>
4: so i um, graduated with a psychology and statistics (laughs) So never and have never taken a coding course Mm. Uh, i actually fell into project management as my first uh, career choice and then wanted to get into the technology field because it's always very exciting i love gadgets and i love new technology in general and came into qa and in qa where the developers develop I realized I was really good at breaking things. (laughs) Um, I could find the flaws, I could see whether or not something could stand up, and from there, the passion within uh, software development and QA testing and technology kind of emerged with me.
0: That's fascinating, very
1: cool. Sam? I actually come from publishing, so I started in book publishing and have done a bunch of marketing and association publishing. I knew I needed to get some digital experience, and I saw this ad for Jellyvision, this is in 2012. Um, so I made the leap into digital. We make software, and I run our production team, which is an interesting team in that we're not actually engineers, but we have some proprietary tooling that lets us actually develop the content, put logic behind it, and we do. We work in a agile way, and so we're testing, and we're very much in the tech world, um, but we're able to make the, the product without actual engineering backgrounds. Um, So it's really cool, and it was really cool to be able to make that leap, and we do have engineers who build the platform that it all runs on, so we are with engineers every day, but we are not ourselves engineers. It's it's a really cool environment. Okay, well, and I think
0: too, sometimes there's that misnomer that when you're in technology, you're an engineer. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. And we understand it's it's vast, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what's so exciting because there are so many opportunities in that world. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we talk about it being a male-dominated industry, with the whole me too movement and time's up Um, are you all doing anything to address that is there open conversation about it in your organizations i'd be curious how that has impacted your particular um organization or if you're hearing conversations just in the in the industry as well
3: at capital one we have a very strong uh, organization we call it women in tech Mm -hmm. Uh, we have several forums that goes along with it um, like you know, meetups. You know, we sure. we sit together and just have a discussion like this one, mm-hmm. talk about our issues and where do we need support, and where we know need support and they're not coming forward. So we bring along those people, and we have a really interesting concept called male as allies. Because obviously it's a you know, male-dominated industry, sure. and we want to make sure that we are getting every type of help we can get from them mm-hmm. as you know professionally we want to develop ourselves. Sure. So they are part of our organization and we, we go head to head working together externally, internally, to bring all the issues and address them at the table.:
0: That's wonderful. great.
3: So I know that at at SAP, we
4: really ensure that the managers of all levels have training programs. Mm -hmm. And they take it very seriously that, you know, when there's a situation that uh, occurs that the HR and as well as management. But I think the reality is that regardless of whether you have a program or not, you need an environment where women feel safe. Mm -hmm. Unless people feel safe enough to be able to speak up, regardless uh, you're not you're not going to see the movement and the changes that are occurring Mm -hmm. and I believe that these movements that are occurring today is to provide that avenue Mm -hmm. and so we do have to support and be allies among both the men and for the women to have a voice Um, but it is really the individuals who really have to step up and be willing to speak up Mm -hmm. and hopefully we can provide that safe haven Mm -hmm. and that's going to be key. Mm
1: Sam, how about at
0: Cellivision?
1: Yeah, we do have a Women in Technology group as well. And I also love thinking about the small ways we can make that culture happen. I'm really passionate about some best practices for meetings that actually help make sure that um, women are listened to. So just uh, having a lot of expectation of feedback um, in the meetings, if someone's talking over someone, just uh, kindly call that out, right? Making sure we're including um, early career and uh, a bunch of, of people who would benefit from the experience in these meetings, and then like empowering them to speak up, empowering the rest of the room to help each other speak up, uh, calling on people, sharing agendas ahead of time, really making sure that in programmatic ways, but also in small ways, we're creating a culture where people's voices can literally be heard. Yeah. Wonderful. How about you, Stacy?
2: Um, at Catalytic, we have been. Um, doing i would say about monthly like a breakfast or a coffee or a lunch for all the women of catalytic to get mm-hmm. together and it's been really nice because um you know especially on the engineering side i think it is definitely more male dominated mm-hmm. but other areas of the business there are you know lots of women and and i think in my day to today i don't necessarily interact with them and mm-hmm. so it's nice to have that kind of sense of community mm-hmm. um and just like a place to share interesting you know TED talks or um, articles or things that I think other women in the industry would enjoy. Um, And then kind of to Sam's point about like taking steps to make sure that people have a voice and are listened to, I think um, with throughout the company everyone has every other week uh, one on one with their direct manager or direct boss which I think is really helpful because sometimes something may be on your mind but you're just not the type to speak up in a large meeting and just to have that kind of avenue where you know okay in, in the next two weeks I'll have the opportunity one-on-one with somebody to share something that's on my mind or something that I have been worried about
0: or, or might need help with. Right. So. so I'm curious, personal question, mm-hmm. we hear so much about technology and that it really is as I alluded to earlier in, in the introduction that it's a male-dominated industry. Why do you think we're not and I, I, I'm hoping it's changing, maybe it's a two-fold question. Why do we think that there is just not the proliferation of women coming into the world of technology? Um, and if it's changing, why do you think it's changing? So I guess that's probably a two-pronged question. So. Um,
4: so the research has shown that there are women who are entering into computer science and getting into the technology field. Um, however, research is also showing that women are leaving. And some of that is probably due to mid-careers, maybe it's advancements, maybe it's personal relationships, You know, having a family and the flexibility that you need yeah. uh, necessary for raising a family as well. Um, so I think there's two folds in that and then as well because it's such a male dominated workforce, you don't see as many women in leaderships. So you need role models. You need to be able to see other women who are achieving that, breaking that ceiling, owning, and the more you have that diverse set of pools, there's a possibility when you're young, mm. right? Then I also look into the younger elementary, the school system. Schools are doing um, and trying to introduce more of the STEM program or STEAM programs depending upon which one you want to choose, <laughs> uh, to get the girls in. I personally think, and I've been watching because I do have a daughter who's nine years old and she is loves the Legos, loves the building. I have a boy, very uh, problem solved, you know, science, math, computer programming, gets it. And for her, it really comes to, I feel that she has to be boxed into the way program today is built. And it's in a very male-dominated mind frame. This is how we do things. Versus in women, we're very different. And it's that difference that makes it very unique, right? Mm. And we need to be able to plug and give her opportunity to say, you can still like what you like, like the Barbies, like the makeups, enjoy the building the Legos, enjoy the programming, the logic, and the science, but how can we do that to entice her, Mm. right, in a broader group, and not to be so black and white. It's not Mm. all developers, it's not all programmers and testers, you have everybody in all facets, and that's where technology is really going to seep through into all fields, medical field, business field, it's just, it's going to grow, and we need all individuals to be Participants of that.
0: Yeah. Well, you gave a really great example about robotics. Mm-hmm. Like girls might not be interested in building a robot. Mm-hmm. So what other options are out there? And it's maybe just make, raising that awareness. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out other, other projects that can still get them to the end point, but in a way that's, that engages them more.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I totally agree with Grace. You know, the problem is twofold. First, how do we get them in? You know, it, you know, and again, um, Capital One has so many programs we are sponsoring. Sure. One of the that's coming up September 15th, we are going out in Chicago public school doing a workshop as a pilot mm-hmm. for grade 5th to 8th and, you know, some middle school girls. Right. Uh, they will be joining us and doing some creative type of, you know, projects rather than, you know, hard code rob- robotics or coding, you know. So it's, it's one of these avenues we have to explore and continue Absolutely. to work towards. Mm-hmm. I call it a pilot because we're going to go there and see if they like it. They like it or let's not. tweak it, change it, mm-hmm. and you know, reach out to them. I love the, that. Yeah. So let's continue this right. conversation. We'll be right back.
0: Naperville Bank and Trust has the expertise, knowledge and experience to help you reach your business goals.
1: We would prefer to work with somebody like Naperville Bank and Trust. They're
4: engaged in the community, they're able to help meet our financial needs, they understand us as a business.
0: They provide all the tools that you would ask uh, that we as a growing business need of a bank. Most importantly to me, it's a a great personal relationship we have with Tom and John and, and our bankers. It was the best thing we could have done in banking. Banking can be very cold. What the bank brings to us is, is that warm feeling when you come into the bank and people say, hi, Greg.
2: It's about being part of the community again, about being a name again, about having credit for who your business is instead of just being, well, instead of just being a
1: number. Naperville Bank and Trust, bring it home.
0: So I know when we talk about the world of technology, it's such a vast right, world universe, and and I don't want to pigeonhole it into just something like like coding. Um, So one of the things, or two of the things we talked about earlier, was AI and Mm -hmm. the cloud. So because I'm intrigued by Mm -hmm. AI and a little fearful
1: Mm. (laughs) of AI,
0: um, let's talk about what that future looks like, a world where that is, is more common than not. So I'm kind of looking at you, Grace.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So for me, AI is, a lot of it is driven by data. I mean, I'm a psychology statistics major, and I love data. If I could probably data myself every day, it would happen. Um, AI is really powerful because it allows you to take that data set, this huge amount of data repository that you have, and it can learn from it to be able to know, and I look at it as simple as being able to come into my own home. And it knows that I usually come home at five and the very first thing that, it, that I like to do is maybe listen to soft music. So it would be smart enough to know that, hey, you play your top soft music, now's not the time to put the rock band on, right? <laughs> and I look at technology and AI in terms of being able to self-learn, mm-hmm. but it can only self-learn if it has the data set behind it. Yeah. And that is where the future is kind of moving toward. I know that in our product uh, that we have, we do the resume and the job seeker hunting. Um, So one of the ways that we can kind of streamline it is for AI to go in resume parse. Imagine the thousands of resumes that individuals or recruiters get, and if there's a way that a machine can go in and parse it based on keywords Mm -hmm. and descriptions, then provide a scoring to say, here are your top candidates. Mm -hmm. It no longer cares about if you are male or female. It cares about true qualifications based on what your need will be, and as your you know, artificial intelligence starts to build and grow, and likes like, okay, I do like this skill set. It's more important than another skill set. That really is the power in which that can fuel a lot of where we need to go. Um, I think that there's fear behind it because with any new technology, and I think there's been a lot of movies out there too. That kind of <laughs> all of a sudden has a brain they can of its make own. Make it creepy. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, there is that. Um, and, and I do believe that you do need governance. Yeah, you do sure. need moderation. The data set that you have, you need to protect. Mm. You need to make sure that it's encrypted, that we do not um, share information that's personalized that shouldn't be so. And that's where cloud encrypting, um, all of that protection that does need to occur. And there is a governance aspect of AI with anything that sure. you have. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Any other thoughts about I think,
2: um, so at, I work at Catalytic and our product is for automating business processes and really the mission of it is, you know, everybody in their day-to-day life has a bunch of tasks that are kind of um, not what you love about your job, you know, kind of the, the boring stuff or the stuff that could be automated away. And um, there's a statistic, I can't remember the percentages exactly, but it's, you know, so few jobs can be completely automated, mm. but so many jobs can be partially automated, mm. and so I think, um, you know, there's, I think anybody can relate to the kind of issue of, like, there has to be a better way to do this, sure. and I think AI is that better way, and it's mm-hmm. freeing people up to do what people are best at doing and what people mm-hmm. love to do so that they don't have to be
1: bogged down with these kind of manual tasks that are just time consuming interesting yeah absolutely our uh, flagship product uh, product is a benefits counselor so we help other uh, companies uh, sort of replace those big employee benefits booklets that you would get um, by making it a personalized, interactive experience. So we're able to uh, save employees time so they can spend more time you know, doing their jobs and living their lives. We're able to save HR people time because they're not going to all the different locations to um, have the benefits talks. And yeah, it's, it's replacing some of the, the smaller level tasks so that everybody can, can do more of what they enjoy, which I think is a really cool yeah. thing.
3: Interesting. Yeah, us being a large bank, we are at the forefront of technology, right? Sure. We want to serve our customer better and customer-centric, right? So everything needs to be personalized these days, right? Right. right? So when we, you know, I manage some of the system that helps you apply for credit cards. So, you know, having that, design where it's based on the customer's behavior that we already know mm-hmm. and the data we already have, so that the customer has to provide less and less information mm-hmm. and auto-populate everything. You right. know, that, that all is based on the data-driven technology mm-hmm. behind the scene. Right. And we have the probably the biggest case for, for machine learning, which is, you know, Catch the froster, right? right? You know, fraud mm-hmm. has been a big problem with mm-hmm. the credit card industry, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how do you real-time catch that yes. and stop those kind of you know threats? It's, it's it, technology plays a big part in it, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know we are investing a lot in that area. And you probably as now, you know, even though we are a bank. We are on Amazon Cloud, mm. so everything is on Cloud. New things we are developing, and we are trying to get rid of mainframes, which right. is you know old way of, of doing things, managing that infrastructure. So literally, that for us, everybody, whether they are part of technology or not, they have to learn you know how AWS works because mm-hmm. even the business folks, then they will understand what Amazon has to offer, and so right. we can take advantage of those products.
0: So on on. Uh something that i've been hearing recently on the news um, about these 3d guns right and i can't help but think what you said about governance and making sure Mm -hmm. that there is some oversight so i think you know as we embrace technology and the advantages there there definitely are are Mm -hmm. some some downsides to it um and i always try and look at glass half full right but Mm -hmm. when i see something like that that's truly scary i never would have thought of anything like that i'm that generation that this I still don't do online banking because I'm afraid somebody's going to steal all my information, right? <laughs> uh, But things like that truly make me worried about if they can make that, oh my gosh, then then what's next? So I guess my question is, how do we um, overcome that fear factor sometimes when we think about the potential and the possibilities of what technology can bring to us? Or is it just part of, of the process and growth? and? You gotta kinda roll with it and figure it out as you go. I don't know if that's a good way to, to <laughs> state it, but for lack of better words.
3: I think you always have to weigh in, right? What benefit you get by modernizing things and you know what are the threats that come with it. Right. And you're constantly trying to balance that. So basically, security is everything we do around making sure that customer information we collect is safe and secure. So we really have a huge department, huge investment mm-hmm. in making sure everything we collect is secure, encrypted, and you know nobody can get to that. But you're right. I mean, there are people, there are bad guys out there sure. trying to do these kind of things. Yeah.
0: Um, I'd like to know what you're most excited about when you look at the future of technology, like what you get, you know, jazzed about. Um, so, Sam, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> sure.
1: Um, well, I had, I had an interesting like personal internet of things experience. (laughs) While we were on vacation a couple weeks ago, we got an alert that the smoke alarm um, was going off in our house. So we were in Tennessee and we got an alarm that there was smoke in our house in Illinois. And luckily I was able to call my house sitter and find out that she was cooking her eggs. But um, (laughs) it to me was one of those moments of like, okay, cool, we're living in the future right now, you know, and there's so much to offer. So I think just, just all the little ways it can make us feel more connected and safer more informed um so that's kind of a general answer but no that's I'm great excited about it that's it's great gonna be so seamlessly integrated into our lives i think yeah yeah the world of a smart home right mm-hmm.
4: it's kind of cool i think for me it's the integration of all the different technologies mm-hmm. today we're still so siloed and, uh, like, and I'll take Neighborville with the Edward Health and the chart. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that I have an app, I love the fact that I can um, see my blood report, how am I doing with cholesterol, <laughs> What I really would like to take it as one step further is to integrate it to see a charting impact. How am I doing year over year? And then if it can integrate with APIs that are open source that you can then figure out my heart rate monitor, I have a Garmin watch, and how can I get all of it to be a truly total package, that excites me Mm. so that my smart home doesn't have just a Nest and then a GE, but the two can talk to each other. And I think like with Alexa, with Amazon, they are trying to do some of those integrations with the different open source tools. But when you can really powerfully integrate, because we're more than just one piece. It's just, I don't just listen to music. I don't (laughs) just watch a TV show. I do a lot of different aspects of it. And if it can be smart enough to know how to integrate those areas and the ones that matter to me, that would be great.
0: Very cool, Mm -hmm. very cool. How about you, Stacy?
2: Yeah, I think mine's kind of general as well, but just I often have experiences where I'll think back to, you know, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, something that didn't exist mm-hmm. that now I can't imagine my life without, you know, just like really um, being able to get a ride. Like the way that I get to work every single day is through like a ride sharing app that didn't I didn't even know about a year ago, you know, there's new ones coming out, there's new um, just Things that I find myself depending on that didn't exist in a short time ago, and then to think that how many of those short time frames I have left in my life—that's crazy. There's going to be so many things that I'm going to be dependent on. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, it moves I don't know so if that's fast. exciting or scary. but... Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of both. Kavita, what about you?
3: Machine learning excites me mm. because, you know, as you mentioned, Grace, mm-hmm. data is everything. Mm-hmm. And as now we have started to gather cleaner data, mm-hmm. what can we do with it, right? right. It's amazing. Yeah. Every time yeah. you are clicking on your phone, mm-hmm. you are, you know, data being gathered behind yeah. the scene, right? That's yes. the fact. Yeah. So the, the immense opportunity we have to make our customers' life better using what they're doing on a daily you know, day to day basis is just enormous opportunity for us. Right now, my team is actually experimenting, um, you know, something with uh, using the data to to check their credit policy, right, how customer data and their FICO score, and there are like hundreds of data points, and uh, take that data and churn it with some logic to produce, you know, what kind of credit policy we can have that is not only profitable for bank, but also good for our customer, those who deserve the credit.
0: Fascinating. Well, the future looks bright and exciting, maybe a little scary, Um, but I can't thank you all enough for for being the leaders, um, in my view, in this industry and really inspiring the next generation of women to get involved in a very, very important part of our world and a part of our life. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for Inside the Chamber. We hope you found the information in today's program valuable. Please join us again for our monthly programs. And in the meantime, remember, when you're looking to shop, dine or looking for a service think chamber and visit naperville.net to support the chamber of commerce and the business community
1: inside the chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor naperville bank and trust